Hi, it's Mike. Sometimes you hear podcasters say, leave us a review. It helps other people find the show. Does it? I think it might. Why not try it? Please follow us and do recommend the show to others. And if you can, leave a review in your own mind, in your own hearts, or especially on one of those big websites that keeps the reviews and shows them to the rest of the public. Hi, it's Mike. It's Saturday. It's the Saturday Show. Earlier this week, I did a segment on the high seas. I will bring that segment to you because on the Saturday Show, we bring you one from the week and one from the vaults. So talking about the seas, talking about the inhabitants of the seas, I got to thinking about whales. Also, the whale nominated for not an Academy Award for Best Picture, but Brendan Fraser for Best Actor. And back in, I think it was 2015, maybe 2016, I did a whale watch on the show. I know I was fascinated with bears. I forgot that I was fascinated with whales. I'm going to do a whale watch coming up. So I'm going to bring you this one from eight, nine years ago, seven, eight years ago, I should say, about what was going on with the whales in the news then. Next week, I hope we'll talk about some whale news this week. And who knows? Good luck to Brendan Fraser, the titular whale. Wow. That would have been a better name for the movie than just the whale. Enjoy. And now, the spiel. The United Nations member states, 190 of them, agreed to a treaty that will provide a legal framework for establishing vast marine protected areas, MPAs, on the high seas. Yes, the high seas. I gotta admit, I never knew what the high seas were. I mean, I knew it wasn't this. And I'm sure the pirates, all those pirates, weren't talking about this. High sea fruit drinks are so cool, so delicious, and come in so many real fruit flavors. That's why you love high sea. I still don't understand why that drink would name itself after the fourth letter of the second word of high fructose corn syrup. You know, the active ingredient. But it was the 70s. Telly Savalas was a sex symbol. What are you going to do? Loves you, baby. You're beautiful. What the high seas really mean is a lot more specific than I thought. I thought it was like the Great White Way or the heartland, but no. The high seas are defined as the area of the world's oceans located 200 miles or more off national coasts. Who knew? This is like saying the heart, no, that's not the heartland. The heartland begins at 82 degrees west latitude. You're talking about Pittsburgh, bro. Speaking of pirates again, I thought the high seas was just that, was just vague, blustery, seafaring jargon. Next, I'll be told, you know, you're technically not a landlubber. You're, you're more of a land liker. The agreement, back to the UN agreement protecting the high seas, has been two decades in the making and it is not yet finalized. Speaking on Canada's Global News, Susanna Fuller of Oceans North took a wait in high seas approach. And we'll see how much of the high seas gets protected. Yeah. In fact, it would take 60 nations to ratify the deal, which out of 190 in the UN doesn't seem like a lot. Also, it really doesn't seem like a lot when you consider that there are over 40 nations that are entirely landlocked. 
So it doesn't seem much downside to say Afghanistan, Armenia, Azerbaijan, Bhutan, Laos, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Mongolia, Nepal. I'm not going to name them all, but Macedonia, Czech Republic, Slovakia, Zimbabwe, Botswana, Ethiopia, Malawi. Not going to name them all, but if all those countries got together and said, yeah, we got nothing to lose by ratifying a treaty about what other people who get to the ocean can't do in it. I'm not saying that the landlocked nations should not get a vote, but not those, not the ones I listed, but let's think about Liechtenstein and Uzbekistan. Those are landlocked countries surrounded entirely by other landlocked countries. They're landlocked by the landlocked. It's like a kid being raised in the basement of a fallout shelter. If Uzbekistan and Liechtenstein invaded and occupied one of their neighbors, they would still be landlocked. And I am, for the record, not suggesting Liechtenstein try it on Switzerland. But do they really sacrifice a thing by signing an ocean treaty when they've only just heard rumors of the ocean? This is like asking Chad to sign the treaty to end the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Chad, by the way, another landlocked country. This isn't to say that Kazakhstan and the Sudans of the world, for instance, don't have a stake in all this. According to the New York Times, one question is, quote, who will profit if valuable genetic resources, say a cure for cancer, are discovered somewhere in the high seas? Sure. So if somewhere out there a fish cures cancer, who gets to keep the magic fish? It is a practical concern. Well, here is Jessica Pangiris, political advisor and reef expert of Greenpeace, speaking with the Australian Broadcasting Company, weighing in with a bit more detail on that cancer-curing sturgeon. Over time, we've discovered more and more really incredibly important biological material that's gone into some of our most important medical innovations, for example. Um, Now, the high seas is very sort of underexplored. And so there's been a real race on to who gets to own that genetic material that's discovered for the first time in the world's oceans and that might lead to the next generation of medical breakthroughs, for example. Well, that does make more sense. To quote the Times once more, developing nations said that they had a right to share in both scientific knowledge and in possible future profits. Wealthier nations countered that if companies were unable to get sufficient return on investment, they may lack the incentive to invest in marine research. Look, Chad, if we have to share in our cancer-curing profits, I don't know, maybe we just won't cure cancer. I'm not saying we'll leave the trout unmolested out of a fit of peak, but you know, what is Azerbaijan? Why do you guys deserve any miracle fish money anyway? And by the way, who's to protect us from after we find the magic cancer fish? Who's to protect us from a Turkmenistan or a Botswana ripping us off? And that, by the way, puts us back right to where we started, piracy on the high seas. See? See what I'm saying? The international treaties and marine protection considerations, they seem so simple. Who would ever oppose them? But they aren't as easy as they first appear. See? See? And now the spiel. Whales in the news. Whales in the news. Whales in the news. We're going to breach the topic of whales in the news. Whales in the news. Whales in the news. Our first whale in the news is this guy. I think no one really is giving Tokyo 
Sekwale much of a chance he may drop out before Friday's vote. Wait, what did Bob Lee say there on the USA Today podcast for the win? Sounded like Tokyo Sesuale. Here's ITV saying the same name. Tokyo Sexuali has thrown his support behind the president, saying he's no racist. Sexual. Sexuale. Sexuale? Tokyo Sexuale? It helps if you know how this FIFA official spells his name. T-O-K-Y-O. So indeed, Tokyo, named after the city. Last name, S-E-X-W-A-L-E. Sexual. Once won a name of the year competition as Tokyo Sexual. Sure, he pronounces it Sesuale or Sekwale, but we all know about the Tokyo Sexual. In other whale news, whales in the news. Whales in the news. Yeah, I needed that one. Wall Street Journal headline, London whale breaks silence. And we know what it sounds like when a whale breaks silence. So that's what we think it sounds like when whales break their silence. But not in this case. We're talking about Bruno Ixil, the London whale, the trader for J.P. Morgan who lost billions of dollars a few years ago. He came out with his first statement, and that statement was, it wasn't my fault. I mean, he's French. Maybe he has a French accent. But I was instructed repeatedly to take those risks, and that's why I lost billions. And by the way, billions, at the time, it caused a huge panic, and J.P. Morgan's stock was pummeled because he lost $2 billion. Oh, it turns out he actually lost $6 billion. But this is one of those stories where kind of confirms your worldview. The people at J.P. Morgan, Jamie Dimon, says, actually, it shows that we could withstand a loss like that. We took a loss of $6 billion, but we also made $17, $20 billion. So it's fine. We weren't over-leveraged. But they hauled J.P. Morgan and Dimon before Congress. He got a little contrite and too Others who look at this, they say this shows that the banks are taking way too big a risk. And also the things that the London Whale did, Bruno Ixil, the things that he did included changing the formula about risk, making a mistake in the spreadsheet that allowed him to take on more risk, and just to be a whiny complainer. Also, his name anagrams perfectly, like way too easily, from Bruno Ixil to Brew, no skill. For all we know now, he's changed his name to Bruno Sumskill and is either working in the financial industry or in SeaWorld. Which brings me to my last story of whales in the news. Whales in the news. Whales in the news. Scientists studying bowhead whales off the coast of Alaska have discovered several individuals who are 200 years old and one may be at least 250 years old. How they found this was really quite interesting. There were harpoon tips made of ivory and stone in the blubber of freshly killed whales, and they did some carbon dating on those, and they found that the harpoons were 172 to 211 years old. Maybe some of these hunters were using 30-year-old harpoons? I don't think so. I think you want to use the latest in harpoon technology when taking out a whale. 200-year-old whales, plus fairly accurate underwater whale recording, like this whispery whale woman who was featured recently on NPR. From the bottom of the sea, the underside of the wave, every sound, all the whales are listening. They're listening, they've memorized this song. So you know what this all adds up to. It's not too long before the gist starts booking whale interviews. The 200-year-old whale. 
Okay, okay. Hello, welcome to the gist, Mr. Well. Now that is a stupid thing to say. Would I call you Mr. Legs? Mr. Tiny Insignificant Mammal? Our naming conventions are not like yours. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So what do the other whales call you? It means roughly the one with the longer left fin. The guys, they tease me. They think they're funny. It's whale humor. Whale humor, huh? Yeah, let me tell you a whale joke, okay? Two krill are swimming in the ocean. A giant whale comes to eat them. The first krill turns to the second krill and says, oh my God, a talking krill. (laughs) It's because krill don't talk. (laughs) Well, for a while there, we thought whales didn't talk. No, you didn't. You always knew they talked. But what you did is you played our conversations in your yoga classes or your massage parlors. How how sick, how sick must you be trying to relax while in the background one whale is saying to another whale, I want a divorce. I've been having an affair with a pod leader. It's terrible. Well, listen, I'm sorry about all that. I can assure you we humans didn't know. But I wanted to ask you, you're pretty old. Did you personally know Herman Melville. Melville? Oh, sure. Call me overrated, if you ask me. Why? Why do you say that? He's a weird guy. He's always snooping around. He's trying to insinuate himself like he's one of the guys. You could tell this guy was up to something. And also, I did not care for the book. Oh, Moby Dick. We call it Ahab the Asshole. Again, example of whale humor. Of course, the whale translation is probably exaggerated in parts owing, of course, to the fact that the ink washes off pretty easily. To tell you the truth, we just look at Melville like any other white man stealing the blue whale's culture. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know about that. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, well you played that music, right? Do we get any krill for that? We don't. Moby Dick, this new Ron Howard movie, are we getting a taste? We're not. Jonah, for you, a biblical text. I'm sorry. To us, it's just an example of how rent laws are written to favor the tenant. It is ridiculous. And you microscopic land mammals and your privilege, I mean scrimshaw, what the hell is that? You call it an art form, we call it a holocaust. Listen, I, up until a couple days ago, I didn't even know you could talk. Well, I didn't know you could swallow your own weight in water. Oh, you can't. What did I expect? A blue whale's heart can fit a hundred people. How many whales can a person's heart fit? I think this interview shows the answer is not a one. Not a one. Thank you, the one with the longer left flipper. Thank you, sir. It was, uh, I guess you could say it was the krill of a lifetime. You don't get to make that joke. And that's it for the Saturday show. The producer of the Saturday show is Joel Patterson in the senior producer role. The producer producer is Corey Wara. I just said them backwards just to mix things up because it is Saturday. But on Sunday, I will be watching the Oscars. And on Monday, I will talk to you once more. Take care.